This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. Chapter 15. Today will be the last part of this series for now. We'll still bring these topics up, you know, as the Lord gives us time in the future. And I hope it has been a blessing to you. I hope you have learned a thing or two. I hope that you have learned a thing or two. I hope that you are built up. I hope that you have begun to walk in the things that we are learning. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. John chapter 15. Verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Hallelujah. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Hallelujah. The fruits, the fruits, the work, the command that we have been given, the assignments that we have been given to do is to love, is to walk in love towards all men. Hallelujah. If we were like the folks in the parable of the talents, the talents they will give you will be love. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. The command is to love. The command is to love. And this is what God is going to expect us to give account of. This is what God is going to expect us to give account of. How we have walked in love. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, you know, thinking about, and you know, just looking through the scriptures, anyway, a couple of scriptures that used to make me think and rack my head. When you talk about the love of God, the love of God in certain places. One of the questions that used to bother me was, what did he mean by the love of God? What do the apostles mean by the love of God? Do they usually mean God's disposition to us or our disposition to God? You know, those questions, those topics used to stress me. Like Romans chapter 5. We say the love of God has been shared in our part, abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Is it the love of God as per the way we love God or that the fact that God loves us, the Holy Spirit has now shown us in our hearts? It seems to, I used to some places I'll see some things you see, you see the love of God. If the love of God is not in you, you see, yeah, okay, is it the love of God? So, as in our disposition to God or God's love towards us? And in those contexts, it's really hard to tell. It's very difficult. And I'll be thinking, racking my brain for hours, you know, meditating. And then one day, I just had breakthrough. And then I finally understood what happened. And it now makes perfect sense with what the apostles, we're going to look at it, especially what Apostle John keeps saying on and on and on and on in the book of 1 John, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. Something that he keeps saying on and on and on and on. When God created us as sentient beings, created us in his image, what he did, what he did, which every human being is capable of, contrary to what my Calvinist brothers will say, praise God, which everybody is capable of, is that every human being is a mirror, so to speak. And the love of God is like light. Once a man opens his heart to God, and the light of God shines on that heart, that heart will also automatically reflect that light back. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I just said now? The love of God is like light. And when a man has opened his heart to God, that heart is like a mirror. If he receives the love of God, automatically he will reflect that light to somebody. He will reflect that light to somebody. So whenever the Bible says, whenever the, when the Bible, talk, Bible talks about the love of God, Apostle Paul, go and check, he, he assumes that you know that he's talking about how God loves you and how you, you love people and love God. He is the same. He's the two. He's always talking about his, our God's disposition to us and our disposition back to God and to people. Praise Jesus. Because the man of God, the believer, must reflect the love of God. Apostle John is so clear about this matter. He's so clear about this matter that to him, if something is wrong with your love work, you're not saved. Hallelujah. You'll see it. Apostle John is so clear 
that if a man is not reflecting the love of God that he has received, that means he has not received that love of God. He's so sure. He's so sure. Hallelujah. And we'll talk about it. You'll see that it is possible that a man can be saved and reflect the love of God, but in a poor way. You know there are different kinds of mirrors. You know if I shine a piece of glass now, there's some mirror effect on it. Do you understand that? If you pick a pick of um, stainless steel, it's a kind of mirror. And then there is proper mirror. You know, if you look at this TV now, it's a mirror. You can see something. You know, I'll show you one of the things that doesn't allow believers to reflect that love. And love, you know, that, that thing that damages our love work, that doesn't allow us to reflect that love properly. Apostle John is actually right. There is no way that you will, have, you will know the no love of God. That you ponder the love of God, you have received the love of God, and you will not walk in love with someone. The problem will now be the measure to which you walk in that love. And that is the reason why on that day, also, people will have different degrees of reward. Some, hay, some, stone, wood, and some, gold. Do you understand that? Do you know what I just said now? Some people that walk in, their love work is like, um, please give me different kinds of shiny objects that I can use to abuse people. So, I know is that bastard bull of. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right? They said if you are not hearing from God now, that, you know, so, <laughs> you know, everybody should know themselves. Hallelujah. So, you know, there are different kinds of reflections, different degrees of reflections. There are some mirrors that are really clear. And there is stainless steel like your plates. And there is the black mirror of your screen of your phone. There are all kinds. That's what actually happens to believers. When you get saved, there is no way. You will recognize the love of God that you too you will love. The problem is to what degree will you love? And this love is actually what affects your entire conduct. Second Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Love, that's why Apostle John tells us here that love is that command because all the things, all the activities, all the ways we will conduct ourselves that we're going to be judged on. It's going to be based in, in summary, it's called the labor of love. Do you understand that? When you do ministry towards people to preach the gospel, it's a labor of love. When you take care of the needy and the widows and the orphans, it's a labor of love. Whatever it is you are doing in the body of Christ, building people and teaching them God's word, is a labor of love. That's why the command is one, love. Hallelujah. So when's the believer can fix their hearts to make sure that they are working in that command properly. They will find themselves expressly living that life all around. They will find themselves in all their things being faithful. Being faithful. Hallelujah. If, if, if you read 2 Corinthians a lot, one of the things you realize is that, okay, you, you know the flow of the thoughts, right? From chapter 3, talks about how that people cannot see the gospel, especially the Jews, because their hearts are darkened, and then goes on in chapter 4 to talk about this present world and how that, you know, we have this treasure in jars of clay, and our outward man is perishing, but our inner man is being renewed every day. Then chapter 5 now begins by continuing from there, telling us that this tent that we have is going to be destroyed, and we're going to get an eternal tent and a better body going on, right? Do you understand that? So he now jumps into... Verse 11, and now says, it now goes on to verse 11, and now says, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. For we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. For if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God, praise God. That means you are even like crazy people. Eh? You are behaving so tenaciously, doing gospel things all over the place. Preaching the gospel, moving around, even when our life is a threat and our bodies are being broken. If we are being out of our mind, it's because of God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Once a man is convinced of God's love, that Jesus died, no greater love than it, that, that does any man have more than this. That a man should lay down his life for those that he loves, or for his friends rather. That a man should lay down his life for his friends. Once a man realizes that Jesus has died, that man will recognize the love of God and will show the love of God. 
But to what degree? So Apostle Paul now tells us here that the love of God compels us. That means that understanding this love and receiving this love moderates our behavior. That's why you don't need to think like a legalistic person. You don't need to start calculating. Um, and start, you will not need to start psyching yourself up to do some things. Once you understand these things, you will not have to start psyching yourself up to do some things. Because once the love of God has been perfected in your heart, you will find, your, you will find out that this love actually compels people's behavior. It's a compulsion, a good compulsion. It compels your behavior. It compels your behavior. If, if you read down in that chapter, Apostle Paul now goes on to tell us what he means by it compels us. And it talks about how that, see, we beg you in the name of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Because we are ambassadors of Christ. Hallelujah. That's why he compels us. So the love of God will actually compel you. Once you understand the God, love of God, it will compel your behavior. You don't need to psych yourself up or begin to calculate. You'll find out that without even thinking, your actions are in accordance with the love of God. Hallelujah. Any man who has received the love of God ought also to reflect the same. Any man who has received the love of God ought also to reflect the same. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3. So we'll come back to the issue of the love of God's compulsion on us. But in the meantime, let's read First um, John chapter 3. Let's read from verse, 10, from verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are. Did you see that? <laughs> this is how we know who the children of God are. And who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. Nor anyone who does not love their brother and sister. So, this is how we know those that are children of God. This is how we know those that are bastards. Those that are children of God will love their brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Church, are we together? Praise God. Look at Apostle John saying very strong things. He says, for this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should not, you guys know that this joke I'm saying is not the same as what that girl said, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, let's just, let's continue. That one is after service talk. For this is the message you heard. Listen, there's no way for someone to think like that. That doesn't end in legalism. By the time you ask a person, what do you mean by hearing from God daily? Anyway, listen, there's no way to think like that that you don't lead to legalism. Do you understand that? You cannot base the salvation status of a person on their performance. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? You can't. You can't. There's no way you want to look at it. You cannot say because someone does not read their Bible every day, they are not children of God. Or they are bastard. Or and you can if you okay, you say that's not what you are saying. If you don't hear the voice of God every day, you are a bastard. How do you want to reconcile it? The proof text that is being used is completely incoherent. The bad scripture was not calling them bastard. It was saying, if you are not, if you are not. When someone says, um, as a child, this is what happens to you. If you are not a child, it means, if this thing is not happened to you, it means that you are not a child. So proving that you are a child. Do you understand that? It's there from telling people that are actually children. Do you understand? And now say that because you are not having this performance, you are not a child. It's not the same. Oh, God will help us. Let me just continue what's my own destiny. Right? Verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not, who, anyone who does not love remains in death. Hallelujah. So every child of God walks in love. Amen. Every child of God walks in love. We'll talk about what hinders us from walking in love properly. But every child of God walks in love. Hallelujah. Um, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if you have eternal life inside of you, you cannot be a hater. You cannot be a murderer. Hallelujah. 
this actually makes sense, right? It makes perfect sense, right? You can say, ah, um, I love Jesus. Jesus died for me and everything. And I want to kill somebody. Right? Does it make sense? Praise God. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and truth. Hallelujah. So the believer, the believer is a reflection of the love of God and what that means is that there's no believer that cannot walk in love. Church, do you understand that? There's no believer that can ever say that he does not have the capacity to walk in love. The fact that you have received the gospel is the evidence that you have the ability to reflect the same. A man who is incapable of walking in love is also incapable of receiving the gospel. Do you understand that? Do you guys understand that? A man who is incapable of walking in love is a man that is also incapable of receiving the gospel. There are some things that people do that you know that this person is not a child of God. I remember one time when there was a rave in the scholarship where they began to bring out news and began to say Hitler was a Christian. Hitler was a Christian. Hallelujah. You know, you know, you know the way it is now. They start looking for funny, funny things to say and everything. And we Christians know that there's no way you can be a Christian. Even if he was me to be a Christian, we know that there's no way that Hitler was a believer. It's not possible. It was just common sense. Like, being just a common sense Christian, you know that the person that wants to kill the, the family members of his Lord and Savior, he cannot... I mean, you see, I believe in Jesus a Jew, but I want to kill all his family members. I want to kill everybody that comes from his country. Like, how does that even follow? Right? And then scholarship later began to show you know, and then, you know, the news of all those journals and all the things that he believed began to come out to show that he was actually an occultist and everything, and he was doing jazz. He believed in jazz and all those. He actually had plans to return German um, pagan religion if he had established the Third Reich that he planned to establish and all that. But, you know, the scholarship just caught up with what we already know. Someone like that cannot be a believer. Do you understand that? Praise God. You know, if we go to chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Just see that. If you have received the gospel, you can love. If you have received the gospel, you can love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only begotten son, his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atonement, atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Hallelujah. The believer is a lover, verse 16. And so we know and rely on the, love of the, on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Hallelujah. Church, all together. We love because he first loved us. So any man that has received the love of God can love. Hmm. You see the reason why I keep stressing this now. Any man who has received the love of God can love. And because of this, if it is true, Every man that if it's true that we love because God first loved us, and so that means that we have the capacity to love people. Of course, we have the capacity to love God, and we have the capacity to love people. And this love of people is the evidence that we have the new life inside of us, that we have eternal life inside of us. Then it means that this love that we carry on our inside, as Apostle Paul already told us, will compel our conduct. It will affect our behavior. It will compel us to walk accordingly. Love is not a potential thing. 
Love is just is not a hidden thing. Just like faith cannot be hidden. Love cannot be alone. The way faith is a, the way faith cannot be alone. Love cannot be alone. The way faith cannot be alone. If love exists, then love in the person who carries it may compels the person, moves the person to want to lay down their lives for others. So it cannot be a, it cannot be a mere speech. It's, love is not something that we just talk about. Love is something that we live. Love will compel your behavior. <laughs> love will compel your behavior. Love will compel your behavior. Now, what do all these things mean when we put everything together? It means that as a believer, putting everything we've been saying together from the beginning, it means that as a believer, there's something that we ought to bear fruit in that God will judge us for. These things are, this thing is what will enable the will of God on the earth to grow and to flourish. God's preferred will on the earth for humanity and for all of creation. It is bearing fruit for God that will make it flourish. It is bearing fruit for God that will make it flourish. What is this fruit working in love? So the way that we actually get the will of God to be done on the earth is by walking in love towards people. This is why it is the basis upon which God will judge us. This is why it is the basis upon which God will judge us. Everything that we are building on that foundation, which is Christ, is based on our labor of love. That is what God will never forget. Now, having said that, a man who is instant to walk in love, there is one thing that he's guaranteed of from God's word. There's one thing that he's guaranteed of based on God's word, based on the authority and integrity of Jesus, is that whatever resources he needs to actualize his love work towards people, God is invested in, sub in providing those resources. Do you know what I just said now? Do you know what I just said now? This is the correlation that people have seen that they have misunderstood for causation in giving. Elders have gone ahead of us and they have found that in the place of sincerely giving without expecting anything in return, in the place of walking in love, they might not have even thought about not expecting anything in return. Right? They are walking towards people, towards the gospel, towards people in love. And they found out that they, when walking in love towards people and giving what they have towards other people to help them, they found by experience that God provides so that they can do more. God is pruning so that they can bear more fruits. God is supplying so that they can bear more fruits. They will now call it kingdom principles to enable you to enjoy wealth. Do you see where the error came in? The pruning and the supply is in order that you can walk in love more and help people and demonstrate the love. You saw the way Apostle John described walking in love. He said when you have a brother and sister that is in need and you have... You have to not just talk about the love, but you have to show them that, that love by supplying to that need. So that means that, don't forget what I told you guys, that love is to will the good of a, of a person. So that means it requires you knowing what is good and being capable of doing that thing that is good. Do you understand what I just said now? So the capability to do what is good, that's why he says that without me you cannot bear fruit. You have to abide in me so that you can bear. That's what it means. Because it is in God that you can know what is good for people. And it is through God, God's divine provision, that you can be able to also do that love towards people. Do you understand that? So people will have seen by experience that God is enriching them so that they can be more generous. That God that gives seed to the soul and bread for food, he's expanding the store of their seed so that they can be more generous towards other people and so that thanksgiving can abound to God. But the carnal people, 
I was about to say the bastard, but this joke is becoming too much. <laughs> Let me just stop. <laughs> right? We'll see that paradigm and mistake correlation for causation. And that mistake, the reason why that mistake came about is because of the corruption of the heart. It is materialism. That corruption of the heart is what will make them to see correlation and turn it to causation. You see God supplying a need so that you can do more and then you see it as a kingdom principle so that you can make more money. Do you understand that? That filter on the eyes is materialism. That's why, let me show you something. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Verse 3 says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So Apostle John's, that validatory speech of Jesus was very strong on Apostle John's consciousness. He was just repeating John chapter 15 in different ways. Command, love, command, love. This is how you know I'm disciples. This is how we know that we are saved. This is how you know that we will follow my commandment. Live as I live. Everything. Verse 7. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. You see that? <laughs> the old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. It's, it's, it's truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Do you see that? He said the reason why they cannot love is because darkness has blinded them. There is hate in their heart and that's why they are stumbling. They cannot see. Then he goes on to say, Children, I'm writing to you. Make your event and everything. They announce his verses. So, you know, you don't read this thing like verses. It's the same idea. It's because of time. You don't want to go through it. So, he's writing to you. I'm writing to you, dear children. So, he's, talk, he's emphasizing to his audience. Fathers, children, young men, and all that. Now, look at verse 15. Look for where we're coming from. From verse 12, he says, They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Verse 15, what is that blindness that is blinding? What is that darkness that has blinded them that cannot make them to walk in the love of God? He says, verse 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. What prevents people from walking in the love of the Father? The love of the world. That is the darkness that blinds the hearts of brothers and sisters. That makes them stumble. The love of the world. That is the thing that prevents you. It stains your heart. So that instead of your heart to be a clear mirror, to reflect the love of God easily, it will stain it with water, water. And it will not be reflecting the love of God like someone that is a B-word. Look at. Look at verse 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. What blinds people? You have received the love of God. Why are you not reflecting it? The love of God, the love of the world, it blinds, it darkens the heart, it corrupts the will. It puts a veil over the heart so that what is supposed to shine forth from you cannot find expression. The love of the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Let's start with lust of the flesh. This is the problem. And I beg you guys in the name of God. You know we're still a young church, but the way I look at our trajectory, we're going to turn to family church kind of thing. Right? But in this young age, when guys are pairing up, finding relationships and getting married and everything, I beg you in the name of God. Do not let the lust of the flesh stop you from walking in love towards other people. Especially to people of the opposite sex. Lust of the flesh, that is the sexualization of people. Makes you look at people as sex objects and not as people that God has created with a purpose and plan for their life and what God wants to use them for. 
That's why when you are lusting after a woman, you are not thinking, what is the call of God upon your life? Is that what you are thinking of? Is that what you are thinking of? Don't look at me like that now, as if you've not lost it before. Get out. When you are lusting after somebody, are you thinking, what is the call of God upon your life? Are you thinking, um, what God does God want you? What you are thinking of is, what you will press. Church, all together. So somebody that has received the love of God, it will corrupt his heart and he cannot allow him to be able to walk towards love, walk in love towards somebody else. And the sacrifices that you make while lusting for that person is still not love. It doesn't matter how much. Because all that you are doing is grooming the person for what you want. Listen to me. Our lives are different. I know that, listen to me, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Christianity is actually not really compatible with the way people of this world think. It's not really compatible. Listen to me, I know that the culture that we are steeped in is a culture that uses people. And it's a culture that expects that when you want to pick a mate, all you should be thinking about is what you will get from the person. That is the entire idea which we have inadvertently fallen for in the body of Christ, saying that you should marry your spouse. Because that entire idea is looking at relationship primarily as a place for you to look for what you will get. Do you understand that? That's where the whole marry your spec idea comes from. You are thinking of believers as people that should think of their partners basically in what they will get first. That's why you cannot have certain levels of relationship with somebody. You cannot have a truly deep relationship, a truly blessed marriage, a blissful marriage, if you are not working in the love of God towards that person. Those are the songs that we listen to. We say, I love you, girl, the way you the way you shake that thing. I love you, girl, the way you shake that thing. <laughs> and you will hear it and you think that that's what love is. Girl, they don't love you. If someone is saying that he loves you because you shake that thing, that guy hates you. He hates you. He's cooking you. If you understand this, like, like a lot of people say, I don't even understand what went wrong with the relationship. We were so in love. I don't even understand what went wrong. We're so, you were not in love. You were never in love. Do you understand that? I guess what I'm saying to you. You were not in love. You were never in love. You were never in love. This is the reason why I've been emphasizing this, if you guys have noticed, is that you need to reorganize your appetites. Do not stimulate appetites that will awaken the lust of the flesh in you. Because the more you stimulate those appetites, the more it will be difficult for you to walk in love towards people. Do you understand that? If you, if you take in images... You take in ideas, you take in images that distort your appetites. It worsens that, you know, that predisposition, that, that predisposition that you have to sexualize people, to see people as sexual objects and not as human beings that Jesus died for. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You have to be careful. The lust of the flesh is antithetical to the love of God. So you cannot be someone that has sexual appetites. Like that's what you are looking for. It will be difficult for you to love to you can you, your relationship, you will not think of the person. Do you understand that? You won't think of what is good for the person. You won't be able to have deep conversations. Conversations. Ask my wife. I'm the biggest prophet in her life. If I prophesy something in her life, it must happen. Ah, ask her if, when she comes. Ask her. I don't miss when it comes to her. Do you know why? 
There's something about the knowledge gifts, um, supernatural cognitive gifts, gifts that have to do with supernatural insights, right? Knowledge, prophecies, word of knowledge, and all those kinds of things. Discerning of spirit. There's something about them. The way they are stirred up when you have compassion towards a person, it works in very interesting ways such that the smallest of information from the person is all your spirit needs to cook it and to pick something for the person. When you are working in sincere love and compassion towards the person, that's when you will notice when the person is not happy, even though the person is laughing. You will be the one that will notice that this laugh is not genuine. Because you are thinking of the person. You are looking at the person's face, not the person's boobs. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Did you hear what I just said now? When you sexualize people, it will be very difficult for you to actually love them. When they are talking to you, there are some small, small things that requires your love focus to be able to pick up about the person. You cannot pick it up if all that you have been fantasizing about is how to sleep with them and then the person is finally in your presence. You can't think straight. What of knowledge for where? Huh. What of sex to Mamari? <laughs> prophecy? Which, what is prophecy? What is easy forever? <laughs> you cannot prophesy every time anything. That's why pastors also that are, you know, looking at their members as a source of money. You cannot see things. You will not, you'll find out that you don't have word of knowledge for poor members. I've not noticed it. It's richest members you'll be seeing things for. The lost of the world. The things of the love of the world, it is, let me not dwell too much on that because I must touch all three before time goes. The second one is lust of the eyes, which refers to the shiny, shiny things, money, status, right? Um, money, shiny, shiny things, shiny, shiny, it talks about material things, material things, lust of the eyes, car, travel abroad, fine clothes, fine dress, fine house, lust of the eyes. Materialism, like I was telling you before we got here, it's a filter. See, materialism is even very terrible. It's such that it's so terrible that you cannot even read the word of God like a child of God. Ah, that girl's joke is not good because it's just I should need to stop. I need to stop this thing. You cannot even read God's word with a straight mind. It will just be a suggestion. Wara wara wara. Anything you open is money you'll be seeing. You won't be able to love people. Now, this is, you know, because of the difference between men and women, right? That first example I gave about lust of the flesh is more to guys' side because of our di- different biological makeup and where the flesh used to hold us more. So, we, it applies to guys more. Doesn't mean it doesn't apply to girls, though. Because even girls, too, they, they lost lust of the flesh. They, they worry them, too. Do you understand? But it's not like, you know, now. This is where they, they come in. If you're a materialistic person, lost of the eyes, what you are just looking for is car, nice clothes, nice shoe, nice, all those things, nice, 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 nice. Materialism is your own problem. You cannot love God. You will be a user. You will be a user. It takes the love of God to recognize the gift of God on a man's life even when he doesn't seem to have anything, and to help him to get to that place where God wants him to be. Someone that has lost of the eyes cannot do it. You cannot even fake it. You cannot. I get what I'm saying to you? You cannot fake it. You'll be a user. See this happening a lot in church too. You will notice that the members that you like most are the ones that are sowing seed. The moment they are not giving you what you want, you just know, it's not that they will make you, your own self will just notice that your heart is moving away from them. It is only the love of God that can make someone to be bonded to another person and loyal to another person, whether they can give you something or not. If you have the lust of the world, you cannot be committed to the good of someone. If you have the lust of the eyes, you cannot be committed to the good. You cannot will the good of somebody who does not have the things that are catching your eyes. You cannot. You won't be able to reflect the love of God. I get what I'm saying to you. I get what I'm saying to you. 
The love of God believes the best of people. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. Love believes the best. It does not rejoice in evil. It is patience and it is kind. It suffers long. You cannot do that. You can, even if you try to fake it, you will collapse. You hear a good message that tells you that this is how you are supposed to behave. And you will say, no, I'm a woman of God. Ah, I'm not going to look for somebody that has money. Listen to me. If lust of the eyes is worrying you, hmm? you will give up along the way. It's something you must deal with. If it is there, you cannot pretend it. This thing is the reason why, hear what I'm saying. This is the reason why somebody in their heart can have that image of the love of God and still be doing and saying some things. <laughs> this is lust of the flesh. This love of the world thing matter. Eh? Under pressure, it always comes out. Under pressure, it always comes out. You will not plan to be a user. You will find yourself using people. People that you should love, you will not plan that I want to be using them. I don't want to be looking. You, you will not plan that I'm going to be using them only for what I can get. You will not plan. You will not know. You will just find out that you are there. And you might not even understand that that's what's doing you. So the love of God can be there, residing in your person's heart, but the love of the world will be distorting it like a veil up on their heart. Do you understand that? This thing is a serious matter. This lust of the eyes one is particularly problematic. Especially for people like us that are working in purpose. There's this thing that is a common trend in the scriptures. God always, I know this is not the primary application, but just follow. First Corinthians chapter 2. God does not used to use the big things of this world to shine. He uses the condemned things. He uses the things that are despised. He uses the things that are not shining. That's why Paul told them that if you, if you want to judge by worldly standards, you people are not great. You are not rich. You are not mighty. But yet, God is using you to confound principalities and powers. So God has this status quo of using the so-called despised things to bring about his purpose on the earth. Do you understand that? That means... And the person that loves the world, especially someone that has lost of the eyes, will find out that they cannot recognize the purpose of God in people's lives. They cannot recognize the purpose of God in their lives. They will find themselves without planning to standing against the purpose of God for people. Because lost of the eyes has prevented them from seeing what God is doing in their lives because they are despised. They are not shiny. Do you understand that? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I hope I'm saying it well. Someone they are supposed to love and give support to so that they can be able to do what they are meant to do. You won't be able to do it because you are looking at this person and you are only expecting shiny things. So you will not love them. You won't be able to do their good. Those that you cannot, those that don't have shiny things, you will discard them and you will despise them because you cannot see anything about them that is beautiful. So that's why Isaiah prophesying about Jesus says, there was nothing about him that we should desire. That's how God does his things. So if all of us have lost of the eyes, who, who will support all the despised people that God wants to use? Who will help them? You know what I'm saying? It is not all the great men of this world that will be rich when they are starting. It's not all. In fact, it's very few that will be rich at the beginning, that will have money at the beginning. So if all of us are behaving like unbelievers and we want to marry only guys that have money, all the brothers that are poor, that God is at work in their lives, what will happen to them? Church, I'm going to have sense to you. Our lives are different as Christians. We cannot think like the world. If we do, we will not be able to love like God loves. And that's what, don't forget, that's what God is going to judge us with. 
we will not be able to do God's purpose for our lives. You will not be able to sincerely be patient with someone and help them till they get to the place where they are, you know, where they are doing the purpose of God for their life. This is the reason why love, our love work, is actually what brings the will of God into the earth. It's also the reason why loving God is, is, is like is being an enemy of the will of God being done on the earth. And then pride of life. Status, ego, position. Status, ego, position. You only want to rule with people that have high rank. You only rate people that have high rank. And you yourself only see people in terms of how they can help you to advance your social standing. If you are found, if you listen, I know that you guys are already, you have come to know that TEC members are different. So, now don't cook. I know people are different. But let me just say this in case there's anybody listening online that is not with us, that just Holy Spirit just made you come today. If you are part of those people, hmm, that you've noticed that you used to feel the anointing more in meetings where the pastor has suits and comes down from a Prado Jeep, and they open the door for him. And he enters with this thing. <laughs> if you notice that you used to feel the anointing more, ah, problem, wah. Would you hear what I just said now? Do you hear I just said now? <laughs> There's problem. Oh. People like you, if Jesus has said, lift up holy hands, before they look and say, what's in the word this one? <laughs> if John the Baptist has showed up and said, lift up holy hands, say, Baba, calm down. <laughs> calm down. It's a serious matter. The ministers that you find yourself, I was stirred to give him, are the ones that have pride of life. Not, they have life already. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? They have the life. But the ones that don't have status, they don't used to steal your heart to give to them. <laughs> That's why we woke up on that day. You know, I say, ah, God, I used to give any, I say, thank you very much. Hey, please, ever me, Joe, smoke it for me. <laughs> say, ah, God, what's in the happen? All the millions I gave, you say, ah, you are giving for pride of life. You think, say, they give, that's not giving. Should I get what I'm saying to you? So that you're saying it, but I've not said it here enough. I should say it here. See, it must never be heard in this church, among any of you, that you will go somewhere. And something will happen and you say, do you know who I am? Don't ever say it. What is that? Eh? Don't, don't let it ever happen. That you'll be having conflict with someone and say, do you know who I am? Who are you? You want to brag about somebody based on something in the flesh because you have a bigger car than him or because you walk somewhere. What is, what is wrong with you? Who are you? Don't let it ever happen. Don't let it ever happen. In this church, it will never get to the point that we will treat certain people differently because they have more money. See, guys, please, thank God we will be here together. Lord, if God preserve our lives and Lord tarries. This is not the church where somebody will come and sit down in front because we hear that he is now the MD in his company, of his, of his, of his company. I'm going to sense you. It will never happen. It will never happen. Um, those of you that can give a certain amounts, please come aside. I want to have a special meeting with you. It will never happen. Everybody listen to me now. As God is blessing you, I'm still going to come to that end on that note now. Listen to me. As God is blessing you and you're having more and more money, don't let it happen to you that you are going to give an amount of money and somewhere in your heart, you are expecting recognition. Let me tell you now, you will be offended. I'm warning you people ahead. I'm warning you ahead. Don't expect special recognition. Do you hear what I just said? There are some things we must be particular about. There are some things that must be deliberate about because this thing is a terrible thing that can corrupt 
and can prevent us from walking in the love of God. Just like what I'm saying. Do you know what I just said now? So, when the darkness of this world, the things that blocks our eyes from seeing the love of God, once, you know, by the power of God, by the teaching of the word, and by the exemplification of conduct, you deal with those things. The love of God must compel you to be faithful. The love of, you must be faithful in walking in love. You must be faithful in walking in love. I've told you guys now, separate your labor of love from your entitlement to the blessings of God. Separate them in your mind now. Having separated them, right? Having separated them, if you love God, if the love of God is in you, you will give. Do you what I just said now? Look at what Apostle Paul says about the Macedonian church, the church in Philippi. He said they are giving themselves first to God and therefore to us. If you are not giving, you have not given yourself to God. You are not walking in the love of God. Something is wrong. According to your ability, because we don't expect everybody to give the same amount. But according to your ability, you have to be giving. I'm not asking you to give because you get back. That's a different matter. You have to give. You cannot say you love God. You love the gospel. You believe in what is being done here. You believe in the ministry. And you will not give. You don't love. Obviously, you don't love. Yes, it's possible that you're a user. You're coming to the church to use the church for what you can get from us. Ah, they preach well in that church. Let me go and hear nice preaching. Ah, there are fine babes in that church. Let me go and see fine babes. Or, ah, there's community. I need a church where people give me attention. I don't like big churches. Big churches, nobody see me. That's what some people want. Nobody will see you in big church. Nobody cares about you. Narcissist. They, they, I want people to be seeing me and to be paying attention. So when I'm walking, they will notice me. You are using your church. If you love, you will give. I hear what I'm saying to you. If you love, you will give. If you are walking in love towards people, you will preach the gospel. You know, there's a way that you can be absent-minded towards people. You look at someone and you're not thinking about your love for the person. You are just thinking of the person like a person. You will find out that you don't need raving to go and preach the gospel to people when you actually think about a person. Think about the fact that the knowledge of Christ is what can save this person from destruction. Think about the fact that God's thoughts and intention and purpose for, of, for them is what can give them fulfillment in this world. Think about the fact that bringing them into the body of Christ can actually help their lives to become better. You think about a person like that, you will find that it's not be hard. It's not be hard. I have a colleague in the office that is always talking about how yeah, there's some babe, one babe here, kinikon, kinikon, one babe here, kinikon, kinikon, and you're walking in love to a person. You can think that, Alai, this life you are going on, this path you are on, is a path of pain and suffering that does not make sense. You will not need to cook, to rev, to speak in tongues before you preach to the person. Say, bros, come. How far? Come. What do you know about God? It's just reason I'm, bros, how far? Wait, what do you know about God? Say, God, now just, you say, bros, don't be so, make a young you and stuff. You will not need to be planning. You know those things that we used to do when we were small? Set aside those childish things. Those childish things of, you know, you are going to go and preach the gospel to prove a point and everything. Mm -mm. Let me tell you what preaching the gospel is. Preaching the gospel is having conversations with people so that they can receive Christ. So, can, so they can be taught the knowledge of Christ. If you are actually thinking about people and the love of God for people, you will never need to rave. You know what I'm saying to you? You will find out the, that you have a compulsion to want to know the status of their belief system. You just want to confirm. You will just find out that you want to confirm everybody you see. You want to confirm. Say, boss, you have a church. You say, yes, I go to church. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, what's the name of your church? Okay, okay. And what do you believe about Jesus? You want to confirm. You want to be sure that this person is not on the path of destruction. 
the love of God modulates our behavior. It does. It does. Just like when I was saying, by the time you begin to wield the good of your local church, you are willing the good of people around you. You are willing the good of all men. You are willing the good of all the believers around you. It will affect your behavior. That's why there's an ancient wisdom that pastors used to use that if you don't understand, you can see it the wrong way. One of the wisdoms that pastors in the local churches and, the, and you know, in the local churches in the rural areas and anything, one of the things that is today, remember one pastor saying, Luminas, many years ago, you say something. You say, by the way people are giving, he can know those that are lo- loyal to the church and the ministry and those that are not loyal. You know, that thing he said is not, um, what do you call it? It's not foolproof, but you understand what he's saying. Obviously, some people will give transactionally, but you get what he's saying. He said it. He said he knows those that are loyal, those that love this church, by watching the way people are giving. And it's true. Barring any transactionalism, you can tell people that love the local church by how instant they are to give. So the love of God compels us. This is what God will judge us for. This is what God will say, well done my good and faithful servant for. This is what God is pruning us and supplying us for. I've seen some certain things happen in my life. I've noticed that this funny thing that is always happening with every new financial blessing is a new ministry responsibility. With every new financial blessing is a new ministry responsibility. That's how I know that God actually blesses. God provides so that you can do more of his will. I've seen it. It is true that you will enjoy some part of it, but it is primarily to do the will of God. I got what I'm saying. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it. So, listen. Be eager. Don't worry about your needs. God is not a user. Do you know what I said? The love of God that does not expect you to use people is the same love that God has towards you that is not a user. Do you understand that? So relax. Relax. God is not a user. Hmm? God will bless you so that you can do more. God will bless you so that you can do more. So, expect to have resources so that you can do the will of God. Do you understand that? Expect to have resources so that you can do the will of God. Think about it. There is always so much. Look at what happened recently, right? Um, we paid some bills recently. And I was already getting worried because by the end of this month, now we need to pay rent for the next quarter and everything. And then God supplied. Hallelujah. So that's how God is. God supplies. God will provide. So, walk in love towards people. Focus on God's purpose for your life. Focus on God's plan for your life. God will provide. God will provide. He will not leave you. And you will not be taken care of. Continue to walk in contentment at every point in time. Make sure that your lifestyle does not exceed what you have. Do you understand that? Walk with dignity. Don't look at other people's um, property and be trying to and be converting it. Walk with dignity. Walk with independence. Carry yourself like a child of God. Focus on what you have. Work harder. Try to earn more and try to increase and continue to increase. And don't live outside of what you have. God will continue to supply. And from what you have, you'll be able to give to the needy. You'll be able to walk in love. And you'll be able to meet your own needs. And that's how it will continue to be. And it will continue to grow. And it will continue to grow. It will continue to grow over time. Continue to grow at every point in time. That's how it will be. You just find out you are growing, 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 growing. One day, the money that was your income today will now become your tithes. That's how it will be growing, growing, and you'll be okay, and you'll be independent. You will never have to be anxious. You'll never have to compare yourself to anybody. You will just be, you just be dignified, minding your own business. Just like the picture that Apostle Paul painted. That is how it's meant to be. This is not about riches and somebody having more. Mm-mm. This is about you minding your business and the purpose of God for your life. Do you understand that? According to what you have, work in love. If what you can afford is to give 10,000 to someone that is in need, do fine. 
if what you can afford is to give 20 million, give it according to where you are. Mind your business. Don't compare with anybody. Nobody's better than you because they have more money. It is just God's stewardship to them and they will give accounts. Do you understand that? It's not because they're superior. It's not because you're better. All those things are a function of the place where God puts you in space-time. Do you understand what I just said now? It's not a function. It's not a comment on your quality or value as a person. It's a function of your location in space-time. So, some people will find themselves in a place, in a career track where they have millions of dollars. Fine. If you find yourself where you are in Nigeria, you are this soft, calm. Do the will of God for you. Focus on it. Enjoy the fellowship of the saints. Meet your needs. Take care of your children. Mind your business. Do what you can. God will be increasing you as his plan for you is. You never have to compare. Should I go up to you? If you think that more money is what will bring fulfillment to your life or what will make you happy or what will make you to become calm or what will take your anxiety away, you are a joker. It's a spiritual disease that money cannot answer to. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Ah, you think it's by his small thing that Apostle Paul said these people, they used to shipwreck their faith. He says they fall into all kinds of useless temptations and they pierce themselves with many sorrows. Self-inflicted pain. You will just be torturing your soul because you love money. Torturing your soul. Problems that you are not meant to have, you'll be inviting it on yourself. That's not the will of God for a believer. You mind your business. Do what God has committed into your hand. Don't compare with anybody. If social media is your problem, leave it. Your life is supposed to look weird to worldly people. Do you know that? The life of a Christian is supposed to look weird to worldly people. You are supposed to have certain restrictions that people of the world cannot understand. If you know that when you go on social media and seeing the material things of your colleagues and your friends is affecting your spirit, is awakening the flesh, leave it. Do you understand this? Mind your business. Focus on your own. Focus on the purpose of God for your life. And God will never put you to shame. See that thing that David said with confidence. He said, since I was born, since I was young, and now that I am old, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Ha! Or his seed beg for bread. That is a man of faith. That is the prophet speaking inspiredly that God can never put the righteous to shame. That's what he said. Forget all these things. God can never put the righteous to shame. Just day your day with God's word. Day your day with God's purpose. Just be there. Walking in love towards people. Do as much as is within you to live in peace and to love in world and walk in love towards people and see what God will do. <laughs> see what you think. Do you know what causes suffering? It's not the amount of money you have that causes suffering. It is actually the disposition of your heart towards that money that causes suffering. Do you know I just said now? Yes. It's not the amount of money you have that causes suffering or brings joy to your life. Beyond a certain point of physiological needs, which God is committed to every believer, he says that even a sparrow does not need to sow and reap. How much more you? You will never look for clothes and you will not be able to wear. You will never look for food and God will not supply. You will never look for where to sleep and God will not give you a place. Once the, beyond the setting point, all those other things between uh, Techno and Samsung uh, joined together. You think that Samsung joined together or iPhone 14 is what to solve your anxiety? Hmm? You think iPhone 14 is what to solve your depression? Do you think so? You really think that it is having a car that will solve the diseases in your heart. You think so? Don't worry. A car is coming. 
you will see. Church, I got what I'm saying to you. You think it is traveling aboard the jack pine that will solve your life problems? Go! Don't worry, we're here. We're always on the phone for counseling. <laughs> Church, you understand what I'm saying to you? Flee the love of the world. Do not let anything stir it up in you so that you can be all that you are meant to be. The life of a man is more than the abundance of his possessions. You know what I'm saying to you? Sometimes, sometimes, low-key, I always feel like as if maybe not being as comfortable as I am will give me more credibility to say these things. But the thing is that I've been in the trenches before and I'm saying the same thing. So, you know, that, that's the way I feel in my brain sometimes. I'm serious. That's the way I feel sometimes. I feel like these things we are saying. People will say it's because, yeah, Baba, you don't dare me do class. That's why I'm saying it. But I've been saying it since. Those of you that know me for some years will have known. I've been saying this thing for a long time. And I'm telling you, the God that did it for me will also do it for you. It's the same thing. We've never looked at anybody. Then we'll say, ah, I have some friends. Say, ah, come on, we get one friend like this. Ah, the guy for lag. Hey, the guy don't get money, bastard. I, mm-hmm. I will go to his house. When we come to Lagos, I will squat, sleep on the floor in his parlor. Seriously, but when it's time to go, I pack my road and go. Nothing, no sense of inferiority because I was supremely confident in what God was doing in my life. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Supremely confident. Praise God. Please, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you.